0: Hello, I'm Hannah Kaplan, and this is the WCS Wild Audio Podcast, where you'll find reported audio stories covering the latest news and newsmakers from the Wildlife Conservation Society's Global Conservation Program, Zoos and Aquarium, and their many partners. We've got a great show today, so let's get to it.
1: As top predators, sharks help maintain healthy and productive ocean ecosystems. They also play important roles in coastal livelihoods and food security through fisheries and tourism. But time is running out to save them, says WCS's Luke Warwick. Can we take advantage of recent progress on the international stage? WCS Wild Audio's Dan Rosen spoke with Luke for the latest.
2: Just recently, a huge group of researchers, including from WCS, put out a new study on reef sharks. These are the five main shark species that live on coral reefs. And are really important for the health of these ecosystems. Are there even decent levels of these sharks left on reefs around the world? The scientists asked.
0: And what that paper shows us is is the answer in most places is no.
2: That's Luke Warwick, director of WCS's Sharks and Rays program.
0: Uh, much more significant declines than we thought. You know, over sixty percent in a lot of locations, uh, where you know those reef sharks are now absent.
2: And that's pretty startling particularly considering how many people rely on healthy reefs around the world for food and livelihoods. But there was a bright spot in this
0: work. The the other fascinating thing in that paper is that it shows where the species are protected, whether it's like local marine protected areas that are large enough to include the species range or nationally in terms of countries that have measures like shark sanctuaries where they're fully protected, the populations are actually doing okay. Um, There are steps you can take to uh, allow these species to recover, but it does require proactive policymaking based on this data.
2: Last November, we saw a game changer for sharks like this. The trade in their highly valuable fins has been a major driver of their decline. But at the Panama meeting of the Convention on International Trade of Endangered Species, or CITES, the shark fin trade was finally fully brought under international oversight
0: so video is a huge landmark uh that's something that that you know myself but also a huge range of people from countries all around the world whether they work in governments or scientists or working working in non-governmental organizations trying to advocate for better conservation measures for these species had worked towards you know over 20 years of work to just really highlight that, that you know sharks and rays obviously live in the ocean Uh, but they're just as vulnerable as some of these iconic uh, predators found on land, but had been offered nowhere near the same level of safeguards.
2: Now, that may be changing. The work, however, is just beginning. We need to turn international progress at CITES into action for these animals in countries around the globe. What the reef shark study shows us is that if we do, we can have success. It would be quite a turn. Historically, says Luke, sharks have not been protected in the same way turtles and dolphins have.
0: Ultimately, it's that, you know, sharks are fish, uh, that they, they are very strange cartilaginous skeletoned fish, but, but effectively they're often seen the same when it comes to how we manage our marine resources. Um, species like turtles and dolphins have, have long been regarded as kind of marine wildlife, whereas sharks and rays uh, have been thought of as fish and, and therefore food.
2: But that's problematic, Luke says, given how slow sharks are to reproduce.
0: Unlike most bony fish, which reproduce incredibly quickly, spawning millions of eggs a year, sharks and rays can take 10, 15 years to mature and then give birth to live young with maybe one to three pups um, every two or three years. These are not animals we can treat that way if we expect them to, to kind of thrive in the marine environment and play their role as, as key ocean predators, but, but that's what we've done.
2: The last 10 years have been a major shift though. Some countries have recognized that shark and ray species need to be fully protected such as the Bahamas or the Maldives, places that see significant marine tourism, Luke says. We've also seen countries like Bangladesh, where WCS has a large shark and ray program, establish measures to better manage their fisheries, thanks to international drivers like CITES.
0: We're definitely riding a wave of momentum when it comes to shark and ray conservation. But the key thing is that that momentum has to deliver actual policy change and change on the water that leads to a vast reduction in the number of sharks and rays killed every year if we're to do this in time.
2: As Luke says, time will inevitably run out on certain species in certain locations. And we really have a very short window to act before it's too late for all these ancient animals. So we must take advantage of this moment. If you're in the New York area, visit us at the New York Aquarium and you'll be helping our efforts to conserve sharks in New York and around the world. For WCS Wild Audio, this is Dan Rosen.
1: Today's episode was produced and reported by Dan Rosen with help from Hannah Kaplan and Nat Moss. The WCS Wild Audio podcast is a production of the Wildlife Conservation Society. Please join us next week for a new episode, and don't forget to rate or review the show wherever you get your podcasts.